Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. So I um, uh, want to start off acknowledging that we are a Christian community that is celebrating uh, Christmas Eve. There are plenty of folks in our community who don't necessarily identify as Christian, but New City is a, is a church and Northeast is a church. And so um, today I do want to take a, a moment of silence just for um, Palestinians um, and particularly there are Christians in Palestine who um, are just uh, going through the worst of worst times, uh, just uh, hell on earth. And I think that it's it's important that as we're remembering this story that comes from the Holy Land, that we remember what's going on in the Holy Land. And in particular, uh, we remember this is a picture from the Church of the Holy Family um, where um, people are sheltering. Um, there are uh, like Catholic relief agencies, Christian communities who are ad, uh telling Congress people to send to Israel the coordinates of these churches so that they don't get attacked. This, is a, this was in a political article. And, um, and uh, many of the churches, some of the oldest churches in the world have been, have been bombed in the past month. Um, churches that are taking care of severely disabled children, um, churches that are taking care of the elderly. And so um, I just feel like um, we need a moment of solidarity uh, just to recognize what's going on in the world and also to do our job as, um, as children of God to pray for peace and to pray for healing um, all over the world, including Palestine. So let's just take a moment. Yeah, so we breathe in peace for ourselves and we breathe out God's peace to the world. And we breathe in God's hope for ourselves and we breathe out God's hope for the world. And we breathe in God's liberation for ourselves and slowly we breathe out God's liberation for the world. Be with all people who are suffering today, God. Amen. Thank you. Um, our scripture today is from Luke 2, 8 through 20. All right, this is Luke 2, 8 through 20. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. And you know shepherds were like the outcasts of society, right? Like we, we don't need to review that. Do you all know that? So our shepherds were like, like the people who were like Uber drivers at 3 a.m. Like shepherds are like the people who are like working the late, 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 late shift. Shepherds are like factory workers. Shepherds were, are kind of like, kind of rumored to be smelly because they work with sheep. Like shepherds were um, a very ignored labor group. Uh, nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them and they were terrified. <laughs> The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. 
suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. Wow. We are uh, right nearing the end of our sermon series, Pray for Real, which is all about praying and different ways, different postures of prayer, different uh, attitudes of prayer that we can have to God. We could talk about like prayers that's just like, wow, God, wow, heavenly forces, whoa, wow. Uh, we talked about prayers that's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like when we need to confess something, either individually or as a society. We talked about prayers of thanks. Like it's just a healthy, good thing to be grateful for the things in your life and to continue to be grateful for the things in your life. And we talked about help. Uh, uh, last week, John Carlos preached on help of just like, sometimes uh, we need help. And I think that Advent is the time when we stoke the longing for the world that is yet to come. When we stoke the help, when we say like, I know that this can't be it. That's the season of Advent. And we ask God for help to create, to create it. Um, one of the times that I felt like I was just in heaven on earth was a couple years ago, I hiked in Glacier National Park did I, have any been to Glacier? Okay, hello. It's the, it's like, I can't believe that God is so amazing. Like, I can't believe the endless creativity of our creator. So I was like hiking through and, you know, um, for those of you who have been to Glacier, you remember the experiences, like everyone's like, okay, don't, like there's bears everywhere. Don't feed the bears. If you see a bear, don't mess with the bear. Like, your, uh, seeing a bear is your cue to get out of there. But otherwise, enjoy this beautiful place. <laughs> you know? Like, otherwise, it's totally enjoyable, and you can just uh, uh, wander free through all of this. And I was just, like, full blast. I have a friend that um, he and I go to a different national park every year, and Glacier was just one of those where I was, like, full blast nature mystic, where I'm just like, oh, everything is amazing. God is amazing. Like, this is why I am Christian, because, like, look at the amazing things that God can do. Like, I can't help but pour back love to God as I see God pouring love into me through the beauty of this nature. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And the great thing about uh, those types of experiences is that it, it means that God didn't just make this, but God made uh, um, less glamorous experience as well. You know, like God made our foggy Christmas. Hallelujah. <laughs> like God, well, <laughs> and we probably could have done something about climate change, but like God, you know, God <laughs> made these plants and God made the seasons and God made rest for all of the, this region that we're in. Like, oh my gosh, that is mind blowing. Just think of how much love God is pouring into you through the earth every single day. Ooh, 
I can't help but pour love back, you know? And so Rich and I, um, that's my friend that goes to a different national park, are walking um, through a path and it's just this like, Tyler is like, the hands are lifted and I'm proclaiming the Psalms like as we're going through. And and then um, we kind of stop because there's a crowd of people all of a sudden. And these were relatively unwalked paths. And so uh, there was a crowd of people and we're like, that's weird. And so we kind of go to the crowd of people like, hey, what's going on? And we, uh, they, there's just everyone taking out their phones and taking pictures and pointing. And up there, probably like if you were to imagine like on the roof of this house is a bear, is a bear. And I, and everyone's like, ooh, wow, nice, I'm just gonna. And I'm like, no, no. Rule number one, believe bears the first time. Like. She's not looking for a photo op. We gotta go. And so, like, almost uh, somatically, it was like, time to leave, buddy. And so I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Gotta go, rich, fend for yourself. Like, I was just like, I, I was like, gone. Because when you see a bear, you believe bears the first time, amen? Period. For your sake as much as their sake, right? Like, they don't want to mess with, like, people are so gross and smelly, you know? Like, they don't want to mess with all that. And it's dangerous for them, and and they're just kind of doing their thing. Period. Believe bears the first time. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. So, um, so, okay, that's uh, number one. Number two. Uh, so I give pastoral care to uh, a lot of different people. I talk to people going through hard times in their lives. We pray together. We discern together. We talk about kind of different frameworks of meaning making, which is an important part of grief. Like we we do a lot of this, and um, and sometimes I talk to um, messy queer couples, <laughs> messy queer couples, um, and and so, so I was talking to this guy who. Um, uh, who was like, you know, I just started dating um, this new guy, and he's like really handsome, and things are going really great. Um, and I threw, uh, and this past weekend, I, I threw a, a birthday party, and and I told him like, you know, I would really love it if you could come. It would really make a lot to me, uh, mean a lot to me if you could if you could be there. And the guy he was dating, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. I know how important this is to you. I'll be there. And then uh, the birthday party happened, and that guy was not only a no-show, but uh, a no-text for, like, many days before then. Uh-oh. And so this person uh, who was talking to me, I was only talking to the person whose birthday was missed, was like, so what should I do? Like, should I kind of pray over this? Like, how do I do this? And I was like, let me just, like, channel a little bit of Maya Angelou of, like, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. (laughs) Believe them the first time, you know? Like, hey, if you said that this is important to you and then he is not able to, like, recognize that importance, that might mean that he's not relationship ready. And and there is no amount of hotness that can compensate for someone who's not going to recognize the things that are important for you. In the, I mean, if he was like, you know, birthday parties are really hard for me and like these are the reasons why I can't do it. Are there other things that I can do? Are there ways that I can make it up? You know, I'm not saying like everyone has to be an extrovert. I'm saying like in a relationship, your job is to track what's important for the other person as well as present what is important 
and let them track that. And if, if, if uh, Mr. So-and-so is not seeing you into the room, then that's gonna be a tough time. Believe the first time, the first time. Okay, uh, number three. So we're over here and the shepherds are watching their sheep. And it's like exactly how uh, you imagine it to be. There are sheep out in the, in the field and um, uh, shepherds, like I said, are kind of like a despised, or I, stigmatized people group, you know, where it's just like, oh, no parent wants their kid to like go to college and then become a shepherd, you know? Like it's like, oh, shepherds, that's not really a respected thing. It's seen as necessary, but it's not like aspirational. And, and a lot of times the people who are shepherds are people who like having a hard time socializing. And so like, this is kind of like a solo kind of job. There's a lot of stigma attached to it. And the shepherds are out there with the sheep, and God reveals herself as God reveals themselves to so many people throughout all of time. And the shepherds, to their credit, more than almost anyone in the Gospels believed God the first time. They said, when God speaks, I will believe her the first time. Uh, Like the angels are here, I'm scared, I'm receiving this, and now I'm ready to go. Did you catch the scripture? The shepherds were like uh, going through this like very humdrum kind of uh, uh, regular kind of night, and then something miraculous happened. They were scared. God consoled them as God always does. And then like they were like, okay, it's time to go. It's time to take action. I have done the discernment, and now we have to go. And aren't we blessed? 2,000 years later, because some shepherds decided to believe God the first time. Aren't we blessed that some laborers out in the field had enough prayerful presence that they were able to recognize God on her terms, receive blessing, and then go? Listen, I'm like, uh, uh, I, I'm in this community where we like to think about a lot of things. I'm a deep journaler. I, I take my time on certain decisions. Like I really, like I know that a lot of us really like to go slow for a lot of things. And that's beautiful. But sometimes when God speaks to you and you are confident that God is speaking to you, it is time to act. And the shepherds show us that we don't need God to come back a second or third time to know the right thing to do. Aren't we blessed that the shepherds had enough of a prayer practice that they were able to act? And I want to be clear, this is not about being impulsive, it's about being ready. The Advent season is a season of preparation. The Advent season is about like, hey, uh, God is coming, And we have to yearn for that. But we also have to learn how to recognize God. We also have to learn how to um, uh, be ready. You know, I think about um, the, the pregnant people in my life who have to-go bags because they know when that baby's coming, they got to go. If they are like, oops, my water broke, well, time to pack a to-go bag. It's already too late. Hallelujah, we got to go. Sometimes it's like the car ride over is already too late. Hallelujah. So like, uh, like it, there's a certain preparedness that we are called to have. There's a certain readiness that's like, I believe that God's liberation is coming, and when that liberation comes, I'm going to be ready to move. 
I'm going to step out when God is calling in, and I'm not going to wait for God to come back a second or third time. That's the readiness posture of Advent. It's not about being impulsive. It's about being ready. I know because I, I can uh, be a little impulsive in sometimes. And, and sometimes, like, I, I'll get so any sevens out there, any Enneagram sevens out there. No. Okay, just me. They were like, what time was this? Oh, yeah. Okay, we got one. We got one. <laughs> Enneagram seven. Oh, that was today. Um, so, like, sometimes I, I get ideas that I'm so excited about. That's like, it's like, there's like a, a fire in my gut that's like, we have to do this idea right now. And I get like really, really excited about starting new things. Uh, and, and God is like, okay, it's not about being impulsive. It's about being ready. It's not just about like the shiny new thing. It's about a gleaming star over the manger. You know, like this is about recognizing what is right. And we have... Uh, tools, we have frameworks, we have uh, instruments in our tradition that help us to discern. And so, like, in that little moment, uh, we already see uh, some internal questions, or we can imagine some internal questions being asked in the shepherd's heads. Like, um, does this align with what spiritual ancestors say God is like via the Bible? And so, like, Sometimes people are like, I don't know if God is asking me to do this or if it's something else. And that's part of the reason why we read the Bible, because we have like thousands of years of documentation of people being like, hey, if God, if you are perceiving something and it has to do with like liberation or love or peace or joy or community or solidarity, like those are generally the signs that this is like a God-endorsed thing. And sometimes folks will have like, visions of of what God is telling them to do that doesn't result in love or joy or justice. And we can say, like, well, we have a tool to tell us that that's maybe something else, but not God, right? Uh, And we can ask ourselves questions like, are there other practitioners in the lineage, sometimes we call that tradition, that, uh, that agree or who agree? And so um, sometimes we can ask ourselves, like, uh, uh, we're Methodists. Like, Methodists are the people who, like, support things like abolition, and they're people who uh, advocated for uh, children labor rights, and, you know, like, we're in a liberation theological strain that... that it particularly cares about certain um, aspects of liberation. There was also some Methodists who were pretty shady over history. I'm not going to be real. But, like, uh, it's kind of, like, those are, like, the uncles that's, like, I see that you're part of my family. I'm not going to listen to your advice. So that's, like, you know, uh, the hallelujah. And that's in, informed by the Bible. Hallelujah. Um, liberation practitioners. Also, also just questions of, like, does this make sense? You know, like, does it, does it make sense? Like, uh, sometimes, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll talk to people who are like, God wants me to um, uh, sit in a field uh, with no food or shelter for three days straight. And it's like, okay, um, maybe. I mean, like, the prophet Isaiah kind of did that. But, like, does it make sense? So there's kind of this, like, community validation of this. And I love that the shepherds, it wasn't just one shepherd, by the way. It was multiple shepherds who could look at each other and being like, hey, as my community, can you just check with me that this is making sense, right? And, and, and asking, like, what does my body say? You know, like, is there, like a, like, a gut alignment? Do you know what I'm talking about? That feeling of, like, this is what must be done. That, like, d- it's deeper than head knowing. It's like, 
I am confident with every fiber of my being? Like, that's uh, some questions. And so we call all of that the Wesleyan quadrilateral, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you didn't think that you'd have to learn on Christmas, did you? Okay, so I, um, as part of a Christmas thing, Brian and I did a uh, escape room with our 11-year-old cousin. And, um, and it, we were talking about the star on the tree, and I was like, did you know that the star on the tree is because uh, that's like, in the Bible, we have people who came from really far away and saw a star, and that's how they knew where to find Jesus. And he goes, I'm not in school right now, and I do not need to learn. You know, when I was in seminary, I was like, one day, an 11-year-old is going to just put his hand in front of my face and say, I don't want to learn about the most important story in the history of history. Okay, good. Good. I'm receiving the feedback. Thank you for the notes. Okay. And so, uh, so you see, you know, like, the, uh, here's, here's what the text tells us. The Lord's angel stood before them, the Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. This feels like a key moment, because, like, in my experience of prayer, as well as continually through our tradition and Bible, like, God is the God who is like, don't let your fear make the decision for you. Don't be afraid. Like, there is a deeper part. Like, fear is helpful. If you're getting chased by a bear, then, you know, like, <laughs> we have a very clear example where I'm still here because fear helped me get out of the place. But don't make decisions out of fear. Like, don't be afraid. And, and generally speaking, if you're in a prayer time and that prayer time is guiding you to not be afraid, that is generally good consolation that God is, is uh, uh, speaking to you, right? Uh, don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. So automatically it's like, well, is God the kind of God who bears good news? Yes. Is God the kind of God who cares about all people? Yes. We see that through scripture and tradition and reason and experience. Okay, we're, we're moving, we're traveling along. Your Savior is born today in David City, which is... Uh, what the Old Testament kind of prophesied, and so that's confirmed. He's Christ the Lord. This is the sign for you. You'll find a newborn baby wrapped snugly, lying in a manger. And like I said, they were all in community together. They all experienced this, witnessed this together, and they all decided to go together. Through this discernment, they were able to immediately, almost embody, in, in an embodied kind of way, existentially decide, like, yep, it's God. Like, yeah, that's God. I, I, like, confirm, check, 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 check. All done, it's God. We gotta go. Because if you are, like, check, 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 like, yep, God is asking me to do something, then that means no other permission needed. Like, go full green light, do the thing. Go, act, move. Don't wait for God to be like, hey, knock, knock, hate to be a bother, but try to, you know, like, go. If you are sure that God is calling you to do something and you've confirmed that with community, with scripture, with tradition, with reason, then go, go, do the thing. You have to do the thing. Um, and, and so I love how the shepherds together said, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's go right now. These are shepherds. Like, these are people who were in charge of, like, other things. They weren't like, let's make, um, let's make a 12-month plan for how we can start transitioning this away. Let's start doing... No, it was like, we have to go right now to do this because something is happening and that thing is important. 
Listen, I I know that the um, the uprisings, especially in, here in Minneapolis, but certainly if you're joining us from all over the world, like the uprisings, what happened in 2020, uh, it continued to be a trauma that we continue to process as a community. But one thing that I think is kind of like a Holy Spirit redemptive movement out of that was for once everyone was like, oh, we need to do something about racial justice right now. We're not gonna wait. We can't make a plan for 10 years about how we're gonna do the thing. We have to do this right now. And that type of like clarity and discernment and urgency is something that God asks us to have a lot of times, because as it turns out, like God is giving birth to justice right now. God is giving birth to your hope right now. God is giving birth to love right now, and we cannot wait to pack a grab bag. We have to go. We have to go right now. And here's, here's the messed up thing about living in uh, an optimized late capitalist society. When we try to be overly productive, God has to be more persistent. <laughs> Uh oh. When when so when the more the busier we are, the more we're like we have to be productive. We have to do this. We have to go. The more God is like, oh, you missed me. Oh, hi hi over here. You're traveling so fast. Your velocity is so fast that you're speeding right by God. And so this is one of like kind of the systemic evils in our society is like, we're saying that unless you are producing and doing something all the time, then something is wrong with you. And that's like the empire, you know, like how many uh, at, at in these congregations, like how many of us have like two, three, four jobs? You know, like how many people are just like constantly required to do all of these things because it's like I can't make money and therefore I have to hustle and I have to hustle because I'm not making wise decisions and I'm not making wise decisions because I have to make money. You know, like there's like a, a real spiral here. And the way that we disrupt the pattern, the way we disrupt the spiral is by praying, by pausing to listen to God. When our prayers go up, wisdom comes down. And, and when we are offering our hearts to God to say, God, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. When we are like the shepherds having a posture of expectation, when we're willing to pause even a little bit just to create the space for God to say what they need to say, that's when wisdom comes down. That's what it means to live a prayerful life. And so this Christmas, I invite you to pray, to create space to pray. I know that everyone is busy out of their mind. In the shower, pray. In the, in the, like, in the 30 seconds before you fall unconscious because you're so tired, like pray. If, in the morning, when you're still figuring out, just find these moments to ask God what she has to say to you. And then, and then create the space for that. It's crucial. And then, of course, we must move. After we pray, after we find clarity, after you hear a word, it is time to take that first step. And you have a community who is so excited to take that first step with you. Amen? Amen.